Man, that was powerful. Let's give it up one more time. Great job, band. Thank you so much. In the early days, people would say, man, how, how come your church is growing so fast? I'd say, have you heard our band? Have you heard our band? They're, they're great. God is all over them. Listen, I want to start out today um, and celebrate what happened last week. So today we're going to start a new series, and the series is, is going to help us. Uh, it's, it's entitled, I Love My Church. It's going to help us move into a heart of generosity for this city, for this community. And uh, so let's celebrate what happened last week right here. Jake and I were up here. We were talking about God behind bars, and you responded. Do you want to hear the total? Let me get my, my phone here. We had like $20,000 come in last week, giving us a total... Hello. Yeah, you clap for that. That's amazing. Amazing. We had a total of 50,000. This is our total. $50,743.39 total come in so far for God behind bars. We're right over 24,000 needed left to go ahead and hit our goal. So 24, 256, 61 is the amount in case someone here wants to write a check. Let me repeat it one more. I just worth repeating one more time. Go figure. That's the time that the uh, finger ID wouldn't work. Here we go. 24, 256, 61. And we're going to do this thing this year. God behind bars. We're going to do it this year. We're going to. You know, generosity is giving more than necessary. That's what generosity is. It's giving more than necessary. And, and that's what you guys have done. I thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate our team because we believe this. We believe that the leaders ought to lead the way. And our team has led the way in generosity, specifically with God behind bars. We've led the way. And, and, and here's what we want to do. We want to continue the culture of momentum. And that being that this is, is just a culture of generosity. I believe with all my heart that generosity is the imprint of every Christian. And I know not everyone here is a Christian. I get that. Not everyone here um, believes in Jesus as the only way, as the Messiah. And I get that. I'm glad that you're here. And the truth is you don't have to be like us to be loved or accepted by us. You don't have to. We're glad that you're here. There's some people here that this is your first time and you're like, oh, checking it out. And we're glad that you're here too. Thank you for coming. And you know, we have seekers that are here. We have sinners that are here. That's pretty much all of us. Raise your hand if you're a sinner. <laughs> That's right. And, and then we have, we have people that have been set free. We call them saved. They've been set free from their sin, from the penalty of sin, from the control of sin. So we got different kind of peoples here, or peoples, listen to that. We got peoples here today. Turn to someone and say, yo, at our church, we got peoples. <laughs> That's awesome. We got peoples. We got all kinds of people here today. And, and whether you follow Jesus and you followed him most of your life, or if you have not yet begun to take the, the first step to Jesus, here's what I want you to understand. This series is going to help you. Generosity generates goodness. That's what generosity does. Generosity is given more than expected. Yesterday, I was going to Pensacola Beach. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? Aren't y'all thankful for the beach? 
Like we could live in the desert somewhere and just dream about it. But we got it right here. And I was going through the toll and I was in a different vehicle. And so we're coming up to the toll. And I noticed if you went on the, to the beach yesterday, you, you probably saw the construction on the bridge to one lane. And, and, and then it kind of funneled, right? Then all the lanes opened up. And the far left lane normally is if you got the pass, you know. Um, but during busy seasons, all the lanes are same thing, you know. And so you drive up, you give me your dollar. Here's what was crazy. At the top of the bridge, I start coming down. And I noticed that that far left lane was empty. And, and I, I was thinking, snap, because I went in, in my truck that actually has the pass on there. I was in a different uh, vehicle, and, and I thought, oh, man. But the closer I got, I looked at it, and it said what everyone else said. So it was open. So there were these two, three other lanes over here that were backed up 10, 12 cars deep. Are you with me? And the far left lane, no one was there. <laughs> I was like, God, you are awesome. That's, what, that, that's how I know there's a God. I mean, are you kidding me? That many people bagged up. No one's in the, the short line. How many want to go to the line where you don't have to wait? Any impatient people here? All right, that's what I'm talking about. You know who you are. You know who you are. Because you, you go shopping, and you got like the three or four items, and you're standing in the 20 or less item lane, and you're counting other people's. Actually, we don't care about the people behind us. There's people in front of us. 19, but she got like 21 coupons, that is. Um, and so, so anyways, so I come to, I'm just joking. So I come to the bridge. I come to the bridge. I go, I merge left, man. That's like, if you ever move to Atlanta or live in Atlanta or drive through Atlanta, just merge left. That's, so I merge left. I pass all these people. I felt like it's my birthday. I was passing all these people. It felt good. I was passing all, I, I come up to the toll and I got a $20 bill. That, that I had gone to Bank of America and gotten out because I, I don't have cash, don't carry cash on me. So I got that out because I knew after studying I would need a dollar bill, right? So I got a $20 bill. I drive up. Are you still with me? I, g- I greet the guy. How you doing? Getting the invite card to give him next. And I give him the $20 bill. He takes the $20 bill, grabbing the invite card. I really challenge our team, our team, and I want to challenge all you here to do three things. Number one, I want to challenge you to to be an inviter. That will lead you to number two, being a bringer, bringing someone with you. Number three, being a recruiter. And we're going to talk about all that in generosity. So I'm grabbing the invite card. I give him the 20. He takes my 20. And then I turn back and I said, man, I want to invite you. And he had this look on his face. And he gave me my $20 bill back. And he said, pay it forward. Now, just like you, I've paid for people behind me before going to the beach. Give, I'll take an invite card and say, hey, pay for the next guy, next two people behind me. Give them a card and say someone from Momentum wants them to know God loves them. Would you do that? Like, that's a way to be generous, right? But this guy was working there. No one paid in front of me. He gave me my money back, and he said, pay it forward. Generosity generates goodness. I, I've done that before. I've never had it done to me. Isn't that good? I've never had it done to me. And man, I went out of there and I just couldn't wait to return the favor. Because generosity generates goodness. Generosity. Generosity is what we are called to. It is a calling. And every Jesus follower needs to understand that we never look more like Jesus than when we're generous. That's our tattoo, if you want. That's our mark. 
That's our fragrance. It's the fragrance of generosity. And the thing about generosity is generosity is authentic. Generosity is authentic. And people look and say, man, wow, like, okay. Maybe I misjudged them. Are you with me? But, but generosity is not only authentic, but generosity is magnetic. It's magnetic. Got a few things. Maybe you'd be a note taker and take a few notes down so you can remember this. If you got your uh, Bibles, we're going to go to an incredible passage. We're going to go to Luke chapter 19. And we're going to tell one of my favorite stories as a kid. I cannot wait. Luke 19. Luke 19. We're going to read in verse 1 in just a minute. You see, here's the deal. When Christians will experience Jesus, then the world will experience generosity. When I experience who Jesus really is and his goodness and his grace and his generosity to me, then I can't help but be changed. And then the world sees my generosity. Are you with me? Generosity is so so powerful. This story that I, I want to um, read to you is, uh, is told by a doctor. There are four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke is a doctor. Luke's all about the details. And he's the only one that tells us this story. Now, you know, Scripture tells us, different authors tell us, John, John. John tells us in the Gospel of John that if, if all the things were written of what really happened when Jesus were there, if all the stories were included in the book, there wouldn't be enough books in the entire world to contain the stories and the life change that occurred as Jesus walked this earth. Are you with me? And so you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Luke being a doctor, Luke's all about the details. And Luke is going to capture this incredible story. This story about a guy named Zacchaeus. Let's look at it. We're going to read a couple of verses here. Jesus entered Jericho and he made his way into the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. A couple of things about Zacchaeus real fast. He was wealthy. We know that. The Bible tells us that. He was a leader. He was a leader. He was not only a, a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. And back then, if you were a tax collector, you're like one of the worst sinners. And to be the chief meant you were the chief of sinners is what it meant. And he was in a position, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe your job is similar where you have a position in your job. Where maybe you think that you can maybe do something a little bit shady or maybe not be as honest or whatever and kind of get away with it because of your position. He was in a position where he could cheat people. They might know it, might not know it, and he could get ahead. He could go further faster by being dishonest. He was a Jew. Oh, Zacchaeus, the Bible says, was short. He was a wee little man. Uh, do, you, do you ever sing that song or hear that song? Probably not many of us, but if you grew up going to church, you know that song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Who wants to be called a wee little man, by the way? He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior, 
came that way, we passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, well, you got to hang on to know the rest of the story. We haven't got there yet. Zacchaeus is, he's short, but he's wealthy. He's influential and he's curious. And he was a great man. He had great wealth and, and he had heard stories of Jesus. He had heard things that Jesus had said. And just like at the Super Bowl, just at ball games, just like in UFC, the cameras span the crowd and all of a sudden you got who's who and who's who and who's who and who's who is there. Are you with me? And they're showing up. Maybe you got the president there. You got really important people. Well, Jesus is coming by, and Zacchaeus gets there, and he wants to see. And look what the scripture says. He has a hard time because of the crowd. So he, scripture says he tried. Luke tells us he tried to get a look at Jesus. He wanted to see who is Jesus. Who is he really? He wanted to see for himself. So he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. He had a problem. But I love that he didn't let that stop him. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. I've got two pictures of sycamore trees here real quick, and we'll we'll flip to them here. I, I want you to see a sycamore tree. Two different pictures. They look a little different. The first one here looks like any of us could climb it, right? So that is actually in Jericho. It's a sycamore tree. And it looks like you just start at the ground and make your way up. But here's the second one. This is the one that they, they, they swear by. This is the one that Zacchaeus climbed. So I'm thinking, if Zacchaeus was a wee little man and he climbed that tree, Zacchaeus had to have some help. He had to have some help. Maybe he was asking people that he had stole from. Get away from me. I know who you are. Man, because of you, my family. So he's asking someone else. He's maybe trying to get up in this tree. And he finally gets up in the tree. Why? Because he wanted to see Jesus. Verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus. And he called him. I love this. And he called him by name. Here's what I want you to write down. What do I want you to know in this message? Here's what I want you to know. You can listen to this, and then if you do it, we can check out. That'll be awesome. Because the truth is, in preaching the Bible, we don't need more new. We just need more do. We just need to do what the Bible says. It's not like entertain me. Let's see if you can tell this story different than I've ever heard it before. No, no. It's not that we need new. We just need to do what we've already heard and seen and, I, and so here's what I want you to know is that generosity generates goodness. And, and why, why would I want us to know that? Why would God want us to know that? Why? Because it's the best way to point people to Jesus. That's the best way to point people to Jesus. Who They, they can argue with, I don't believe that, and I don't believe that, and the Bible says, I don't believe what the Bible says, so what does it matter what the Bible says? But when they see our generosity... It makes it easier for them to believe. You know why? Because generosity ain't normal. Selfishness is. And in this series, I Love My Church, here's the whole goal of where we're going. We're going to talk about what the Bible says about money and generosity and stewardship. We're going to talk about it. And, And my goal, my one goal is that you guys would be lifelong generous stewards of what God has entrusted you with. That I would be committed to being a lifelong 
generous steward of what God has entrusted me with. Because here's the truth. Everything we have comes from God. Now, I'm, I'm talking to the Christians there because some people are like, I don't believe that. That's okay. But for those of us that do believe and have seen what we believe to be the truth, James, the half-brother of Jesus, says that every good gift is from above and comes down. So the truth is what I have really isn't mine. I, I'm a steward of it. I'm really not the owner. I'm not going to load it up in a U-Haul and take it with me when I die. It's going to go to someone else. It really, at the end of the day, isn't mine. Just a steward. Generosity generates goodness. And it is the easiest or the best way to point people to Jesus. And here's the cool thing. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. But what Zacchaeus didn't know is that Jesus wanted to see Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wanted, he, maybe he didn't want to be seen by Jesus. And, and there are people like that in the church. They come in and want to slip in and slip out real quick. And they don't want to be seen. They just want to see. Because they're trying to figure it out. Maybe he got up in that tree and he wasn't being loud and noisy. Jesus, Jesus. Maybe he just got up in there and he was just trying to blend in. He was just trying, you know, like a deer hunter. He was just trying to watch quietly. Maybe, maybe he was an introvert. Maybe he didn't want the attention. He just wanted to see the one who was causing all the attention. I don't know. But what I, what I do know is this passage, passage tells us later that although Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, Jesus wanted to save Zacchaeus. He wanted to save him. We're going to see a few things, and then we're going we're gonna to be through today. I love this. I love this. I love this. When Jesus came by, he looks up at Zacchaeus, and he calls him by name. Where's that ladder, Kenny? I need that ladder. Let me see that real quick. He, he calls him by, listen, Jesus called him by name. You set it up right here, Kenny? Thank you. Give it up for Kenny. That's right. Zacchaeus was used to getting ahead of people. Zacchaeus was used to stepping on people to get to the top. Zacchaeus said, I don't care, I'm going to get ahead. And since I can't see him because I'm short and I can't see, I'm going to get ahead of all of you. He was used to being ahead of everyone. And he would step on whoever he needed to step on to get ahead and to get on top so that he could see. And old Zacchaeus gets up there and he's looking at Jesus and he's watching him. And he's trying to figure out, do I like the guy? I don't know. I've heard some things. And, and, and all of a sudden Jesus passes by and Jesus stops and he looks up and he say dude how you doing man what's your name bro no he doesn't say that he says Zacchaeus he calls him by name you know what that makes me think of it makes me think of the fact that Jesus knows my name that makes me think that he knew Zacchaeus before Zacchaeus climbed the tree no one introduced Jesus and Zacchaeus. He knew Zacchaeus before. And let me tell you this. He knew you before your past was your past. See, Zacchaeus had robbed people. He'd been a thief to get ahead of people. He'd been dishonest. Proverbs says that dishonest scales is abomination to God. When you rip someone else off to get ahead, when you cheat someone to get ahead, like God, that makes God sick. 
You know that feeling you get when you know you're going to be sick? That's the feeling God gets. And listen to this. Look at it. Luke 19, 5. Zacchaeus, Jesus says. He calls him by name. He says, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I must be a guest in your home. He tells him to get down. Now watch this. Let's just stay here for just a second. Zacchaeus was trying. Stay with me. He was trying. He was doing work. He was climbing. He was sweating. He was doing. That's what we call religion. He was trying to get to a place where he could get to God. He, oh, it's not tall enough. Oh, oh, one more. Uh, they say tension creates attention. And Zacchaeus is up there and he's, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll step around. I feel more better down here. And Zacchaeus, he's looking. He's watching Jesus. And he probably just gets a little bit comfortable. He's just a little comfortable, and he's watching Jesus, and Jesus stops, and, and he just, he thinks, I, I, got, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it. There's something lacking in me. See, the truth is we all know that there was born, there's born in us something lacking. In other words, like there's a distance between us and God. So sometimes we do what Zacchaeus did, and we try in our own efforts to climb the ladder of religion to get where we can see God. But what we don't understand is that God already sees us. Religion is man and woman trying to reach up to God. Christianity or salvation is where God reached down to man and gave us Jesus. That was God's plan. Now here's what I love about this. Because he was trying to get to God. But in order for him to get to God, he had to come down off his religious tree. And he had to not only come down, he had to come down quickly. He had to come down from his pride. That's what he had to do. And he had to come down quickly from his pride. Now everyone was watching him. I mean, Jesus calls your name? Are you kidding me? Here's a modern day story. Um, My friend lives in Tampa. His daughter um, went to UCF. That's in Orlando. And she's a college student there. And um, so went to U, um, UCF and, and went out with her friend. There's a couple girls, couple guys. They went out to celebrate her friend's birthday. You with me? So they're bowling in Orlando, having a great, fun time together. And in comes Dwight Howard, 6'11", 225, from Atlanta, Georgia. First round pick. Born 1985. And Dwight Howard comes in with his friends. And at some point during the bowling, he hears them sing happy birthday. So Dwight Howard leaves over here. Y'all with me? He plays for Houston Rockets now. Y'all know who I'm talking about? Dwight Howard leaves over here. And Dwight Howard comes over to my friend's daughter, who is my friend, who is our friend. And she's there with her friend celebrating her friend's birthday. Surprise. And Dwight comes over and sings happy birthday. And says, you know what? Here's what I'd like to do. Can I hang out with you? Tonight's your birthday. Can my friends, can all our friends, can we just hang out and celebrate your birthday? And just like make some memories you'll never forget. See, Dwight Howard's a Jesus follower. So this story of Zacchaeus, here's a modern day, Dwight Howard. 
So Dwight Howard, who's got security, he's got his, you know, he's got his guys around him, his entourage. And what does he do? He walks across the room. He says, I want to be with you. And, and, and you were looking at me because you know who I am. I mean, this is Orlando. This is my town. I am Superman. And um, you saw me, but, but I see you. And I want to spend time with you. He went, they all went to this girl's apartment and played video games for a couple hours and took selfies with Dwight Howard. Are you kidding me? Who would believe you? Yeah, this happened. I don't believe you. That's my apartment. You recognize the rug? Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard ain't no thug. He loves Jesus. This is a modern-day story. Zacchaeus just wanted to see Jesus. Jesus wanted to spend time with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the greatest illustration of the worst of the worst, the chief among sinners. And Jesus stops. He knows his name, and he tells him to come down from his religiosity, to come down quickly. Because if you don't come down quickly, if you take your time, what might happen is, The enemy might talk you out of coming down. The enemy might tell you that your pride is where you need to stay. But now he who climbed up to see Jesus has been seen by Jesus. Jesus has called his name and Jesus says, come down because I must go to your house today. So what do you do when you're Zacchaeus and you're a wee little man? You're trying to see Jesus and Jesus calls your name and says, come down. What do you do? You come down quickly. And he came down quickly. And he gets down as fast as he can. Look at the text. Come down. I must. Notice the word must. I must be a guest in your home today. Now listen, listen, listen. Zacchaeus, he had heard about Jesus. That's why he come to see Jesus. Zacchaeus had probably heard Jesus or heard people who had heard Jesus say things like this. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. And that probably was really good for him because everyone else was judging him. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Uh Oh, next verse. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down. You know what press down means? When you're trying to get more ice cream in the bowl. Or you pour too many Fruit Loops in the bowl. And you're starting to pour the milk and it's rising and you're trying to press it down, get the milk on it so you can keep them all in the bowl. Are you with me? Press down, shaking together, make room for more, running over and pour it into your lap. The amount you give, and hang on because we're going to go with this somewhere. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. That's just a few chapters previously. Luke chapter 6 verse 37. So he probably heard Jesus say things like that or heard people who had heard that. And now Jesus is telling him, I must go to your home today. You know why? Because Jesus, in verse 10, reminds us that he came to seek and save that which was lost. And where else does the doctor go but to the sick? He must go. And here's the thing. I just can be real with you. You know what would change Momentum Church if we understood this passage? Because this passage, we learn the principle of Jesus for fishing. And not just fishing, but catching. Jesus didn't just say, come with me to the synagogue. 
we got to go, and you got some confessing to do. I can't, I can't wait to hear this, Zacchaeus. I'm going to make sure you confess it all. Like, come on, to the temple, let's go, man. No, no, where did he do? What, what did he do? Where did he go? He said, I got to go to your house. See, people far from God aren't comfortable around the people of God. So Jesus goes out of his way, and he says, you know what? I got to go to your house where you will feel most comfortable, and I've got to get into your life. And build a bridge and reach you. That's the man part. But he's God. He'd say right there, your sins are forgiven too. But he wanted to spend time with him because he knew that this great man of influence could affect a lot of change. That's what leadership is. It's influence. And Jesus had just been talking. The doctor, Luke, had recorded the stories that Jesus said it's easier. Not that you can't go to heaven if you're rich. But it's easier. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle that's getting way down and coming through that's really really hard to do it's easier for that to happen than for a rich man to come to heaven why it's not that rich people can't go to heaven it's just that sometimes being really rich means you got it all you don't need jesus so you have to come down from your pride it's not that rich people who sin being rich not at all that you read the people in the Bible that love Jesus and walk with Jesus and love God in the Old Testament, they're some of the most wealthiest people ever. So having money is not wrong. That's awesome. Good for you. Zacchaeus had a lot of money. But he had to come down to the ground. You see, the, the foot of the cross is level. And Jesus saved a rich man. He saved a poor man. It doesn't matter to him. The question is, will that rich man come down? The question is, will that poor man come down? The question is, will that religious person come down to Jesus, to have a relationship? Jesus wants to spend time with him. And, and then here it is. This, the te- text finishes with this. So he, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down. He took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Just like you would if Dwight Howard said, man, let's go play some video games, man. Oh, you got that game? No way. I need to, man. I love it. Let's go to your house and play. Is that cool? Uh, it's not clean. I don't care, man. I don't care. I just go play video. Okay, let's go. And then next thing you know, it's like the cell phones. I was like, you're not going to believe. Don't you know if Zacchaeus had a cell phone, he'd have been texting people, calling people. You're not going to believe what's happening. Jesus is coming to my house. They're like, dude, we know you're tripping now. We know you're lying now. Jesus, that's the last place he would want to go with you. You're a chief of sinners. But the people were displeased. He's, watch this, they're judging Jesus. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood. He's on the ground. He stood before the Lord. By the way, that's your judge. One day we will all stand before the Lord. Like we bow on earth and we bow in heaven or we don't bow on earth, but we will bow one day. So he stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord. And in in the Old Testament times, a fifth of your income, it was generous. If a fifth, if you gave a fifth, you know, that that was okay. We're good. But now he's saying he's going to give half of his wealth to the poor. And if I have cheated people, don't you know, he's like, and if I cheated people and he was thinking of names. He's thinking people in the crowd. He's like, oh, Lucy, I hope she don't say nothing. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four 
times as much. By the way, that's what um, Exodus 22 verse 1, that's what a, uh, a thief was supposed to do. So what he's saying is, I'm guilty. He's come down from his pride. He's come down from what he was trying to do to get to Jesus. And he admits that he's a sinner. He admits in that that he's cheated people. And Jesus responds, salvation has come to this home today. For this man, by the way, he was answering to God. He was being honest with God. By the way, he spoke it with his mouth. I'm thinking of Romans 10. That says, if we confess, that's with our mouth, if we confess our sins, that's why at at the end of every gathering, we confess. We lead in what we call a sinner's prayer, and we allow people for the first time to confess with their mouth. Because if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him, Jesus, from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from what? From the guilt of sin. Saved from what? From the control and the power of sin. Because when you come to Jesus, you're set free. And you're set free indeed. And so he's speaking Jesus. He's not looking at all the crowd. He's looking to God. May we forget about others and focus on the one that already knows our true hearts and our intentions. Jesus responds and he tells them, salvation has come to your house. You've shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. There's something about seeing Jesus as he really is that changes everything who we really are. There's something about when we see Jesus and we experience Jesus. You read the prophets and they experienced the presence of God. They were undone. First John chapter 3 says, when we see him, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. And Zacchaeus didn't only see him, but he saw him as he is. And here's where I close. Jesus was generous. He knew Zacchaeus wanted to see what Jesus really looked like. And Jesus says, I can do better than that. I can invite myself to your house. By the way, in, in, in just like today, man, if you have someone over your house, you're accepting of them. You trust them. You don't trust a murder to your house. You don't invite convicted felon over to your house to have dinner. Say, hey, I'll be there in like two hours. Sorry, I'm running behind. Just make yourself at home. You don't do that. You invite people to your house you trust. And Jesus comes to him. And Jesus shows him generosity. He shows him grace. He shows him unmerited favor. He was one of the last people to deserve to have Jesus to his house. And Jesus said, I want to be with you. Here's the cool thing about Jesus. Wherever he goes, he always has a, a welcome to everyone. Wherever Jesus goes, he's here today. His presence, the presence of Almighty God is here today. Jesus always brings his own welcome. He said, hey, I, I want to make myself welcome at your house. Do you like it when people invite themselves to your house? Jesus invites everyone to open the door to their heart and let him come in. And Zacchaeus came down quickly. And in front of everybody, he gets right. 
And the fact, we could go on and on and on, but the fact that he was willing to change, and he raised the bar. We learn the truth that generosity generates goodness. Because there were a whole lot of poor people that got money because he gave his half away. Remember Luke 6 that I read earlier? I, I wonder if he had, he had heard those words of Jesus that if you give, it will be given unto you. Pressed down. I wonder if that's what he was thinking when he's like, not only am I going to do right to the people I stole from, but I'm going to give half of everything I own. Anyone here want to give half of everything you own in the, in the buckets in just a minute? Me neither, right? Zacchaeus got it. Why? Because he really saw Jesus as he is. And you can't really see Jesus and not be changed. Matthew says something like this, another tax collector. He says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good, good, from good we get the word goodness, that they may see your goodness, your good, and glorify your Father in heaven. So people who are unbelievers should see you doing, shining your light, the goodness, your generosity, and, and that is what is magnetic to the world because it's not normal. So I told you what I wanted you to know. I told, it, told you why I wanted you to know it. What, what would God have us do? Because it's not just enough to be here but a doer of the word. I think God would have us live a life of generosity. Why should you move to that? Why should you today when you go out to eat and the waiter, the waitress... <laughs> Like, you know, like they're in training. Because you told them you drink three times in the last two hours. You're just trying to get one refill. They forget. They apologize. See, generosity says, well, I'm going to give more than expected. Generosity doesn't say, well, I'm going to tip just 10%. Generosity says, you know what? I'm going to kind of get to know the person. Oh, single mom. I'm going to give above and beyond. Have you ever just given someone a fat tip that was bigger than your check? You ever seen that happen before? I challenge you to do it. That generosity will generate goodness. Generosity with our kids when they don't deserve it. Generosity. I want to close with this verse. Don't pick on people, Luke 6. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless you, of course... You want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. And you'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely just given back, but with bonus and blessing. Luke 6, 38. In the message, but I love this. Giving, not getting, is the way. Jesus came to Zacchaeus. He was a taker. He was selfish. Jesus turned him around 180. Giving is now Zacchaeus' way, not getting. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity.